0: This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice.
1: Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Welcome back to another episode of The Compendium. I'm super excited about this week because we are continuing our discussion on classes, but we're actually going to dive head on into the world of magic with this episode. And we decided to go classic and do OG Go With The Wizard. Um, It's one of the original uh, classes for D&D. It's been around ever since the beginning, and it's a very well known class in general from fantasy, literature and everything, Uh, but it's also one of the most loved, I I think it and is. so it's a great place to start introducing people into if you want to play a caster here's kind of what you're looking at
0: yeah exactly and wizards are awesome i mean if you need a way of contextualizing them uh they are w- magical ivy league graduates that's what they are um, and interesting fun fact, you're right. Wizards go awake all the way back to the beginning, but not the very beginning. I think in the original Dungeons and Dragons, they were just called magic users, and then you could further differentiate what kind of magic user. So, oh, okay, like sneaky. Most, yeah, like most things, you go back to the 70s and things get buck wild. But yeah, wizards are great and probably the most iconic of all of the D and D classes for sure.
1: Right. I do want to spend a little bit of time up front clarifying what we mean when we say wizard within the confines of D&D, because they are such a well-known like, thing, if you will, mm-hmm. that they, the, how they're presented has a lot of different um, uh, aspects, depending on the literature from the movie, from different things. So if, Biggest example for me, Harry Potter, right? You're a wizard, Harry, like it's right. it's laid out for you. But in D&D world, Harry's not a wizard.
0: No, he's and a sorcerer.
1: So, right. And so let's maybe like unpack just a little bit about what exactly is a wizard in the world of D&D and how might that conflict with some existing understanding about that term wizard and what it means from other sources.
0: Right. So what it means to be a wizard in D&D is two things, really, is that they are an intelligent, inclined class and what they know and what they could do, just about anyone could do it with enough study and with the aptitude for that study. And so you could have someone who just never went to school, you know, grew up in like one of those barbarian cultures we talked about before. But if they had the aptitude that is a intelligence of 13 or higher and they spent time studying these spells and studying the books and and going through some of the training that wizards go through, they could become a wizard. Um, And the way that's different than like your Harry Potter example, which is a really good one, is according to that lore, you have to be of a certain family or in D&D terms, bloodline in order Mm -hmm. to be a wizard. Yes, there's still some study going on, but if you don't have that innate spark, you don't have that innate spark. And in D&D, that's just not the case. Just about anyone could potentially become a wizard through time and study.
1: Right. And I, I liked your example of like thinking about it in terms of college conceptually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, if you take out the politics of money and all of that stuff, anyone could sure. go to college. Anyone could go to school. Some people do. Some people don't. But it's accessible to everyone. There's not really this divide in that respect of like, no, it's it's not possible for you to do this thing. Um, whereas in Harry Potter, there is that divide of these are muggles. These are magic users. Right. There is right. a clear divide. One cannot be the other. Um, and it creates like angst and problems, and so right. that's really a really good way of looking at it is college of like, hey, do you want to learn this? Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was thinking about like, like how to classify kind of shorthand the five different arcane spellcasters in D and D, um, and you know, so we've talked about this before, but like wizards are you know fantasy Ivy League graduates, sorcerers are arcane trust fund kids um they inherited it right uh bards are mystic motivational speakers uh warlocks are eldritch sugar babies you know they they have a sponsor basically and then with the newest class we have which is uh the artificer they're basically just fantasy stem enthusiasts uh that are taking clark's third law like to heart. You know, any sufficiently advanced civilization is indistinguishable from mag- for magic. That's kind of what they're doing. So uh, that's kind of like the quick rundown of all the arcade spellcasters.
1: Right. And uh, I'd encourage people, too, as we're delving into some of this to refer back to some of our early, early, early episodes. Early. Actually, uh, episode one, I think, is where we do like an overview of class breakdown and kind of talk about the difference yeah. between some of the different magical classes uh, versus martial classes. So if you want a little more detail on that, refer back to that first episode. We've got it all laid out for you. This episode, we want to deep dive into specifically wizards and the mechanics that you get by playing one.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So let's look at, you know, how, like, let's look at the conceptual background of a wizard, not background in the official terms of D&D, having a background for your character. But where do wizards grow up? If you're writing this backstory for your character, what can you expect from them? What was their history up until this point? And what was their, you know, possible calls to adventure? What would encourage somebody of the literary... Uh, kind of focus to go out and sleep on the forest floor instead of just spend their days lounging in a leather chair in a library reading books.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the main gear that drives a wizard is the search for arcane knowledge, right? There's only so many known magical secrets in the world and they are on a quest a personal quest of uh, a somewhat of, of self improvement with a magical bend that they know that there are more things out there to know and to learn and to, to discover or uncover um, that may have been lost to the centuries because wizards essentially are they're almost like magical like hackers like coders and they are all about messing with the source code of reality and if they just learned the right programming language or learned a new kind of script or algorithm they could do more things and so they are driven by this lust for knowledge and uh, whether that means going out and finding scrolls that they didn't have access to or, or spellbooks books they didn't have access to or uncovering lost arcane knowledge, this is typically what's going to motivate most wizards to go join up with a bunch of uh, fighters and monks and these and clerics to go and, you know, discover the world. Yeah, they can save people as well, but they also want to figure out what's in that long forgotten tomb.
1: Right. And like, as you were talking, going back to your idea that they're, you know, just kind of like college- like, I believe, college graduates, Uh, it reminds me of like doctoral candidates, Mm -hmm. right? People that are going out, they're having to do research, they're in the field of the topic that they're particularly pursuing. Like, they're not just sitting in a library, they have to go out and like do, I don't wanna say experiments, but kind of along that lines where they're having to get actual data to support their thesis on how this thing works and why it works that way. So I feel like, and it makes a lot of sense because you have to study a lot to become a wizard and tap into the weave. And so it's like that level, almost like a PhD level of study.
0: Yeah. And I think both of us have many friends who have pursued higher academics and gotten their PhDs or masters and things. And oftentimes they'll spend a year or a semester abroad. Like if they're in architecture, they're going to go to Europe. And they're going to actually go and look at and sketch and touch these famous pieces of architecture and these buildings. Or if they're searching, you know, Greek mythology, they're going to go to Greece. They're going to see the landscape. They're going to go to all the places these stories are set in to really get some more of that knowledge. And for Wizard, it's much the same.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And usually, I think like that could easily be your your um, your adventure hook for your wizard yeah. if you're developing one, right? Like you were obsessed with your studies, you liked your books, but then maybe there was missing pages from a manual, or maybe a mm-hmm. book that you have references another book that was rumored to be lost somewhere. Or, you know, like there there's these different things where you're like, okay, well it's time for me to to go and try to find this lost book and I'll probably do some shenanigans along the way. But my goal is to get this information or try to tap into the weave a little bit more more deeply.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think also, too, there is sometimes an assumed element of pride or just um, self import. Uh, that wizards can typically have. And it can also get into the politics of wizards, too, where like they want the renown. They want that place in that, you know, high circle of eight wizards that kind of run all of the wizards in the world or whatever, that they want to be part of that. But they can't do that until they've, to put it in your words, you know, prove their thesis unless they've uncovered this lost thing. And so there can also be this kind of uh, political or uh, social ranking thing wrapped up in that as well. It's almost that joke of, listen, I didn't go to school for eight years to be called mister. I'm a doctor, you know, so.
1: (laughs) Right. On that too, like that's another thing that I think stood out to me, broke a little bit of a stereotype with a wizard in the, the information in the player's handbook about wizards is that they're very social. Very, very social, right? I think of wizards, and you have that that stereotypical like wizard's tower in the middle of nowhere, where they're far up in the keep with their nose stuck in a book all alone, like hermit style, but that's not actually common or normal, because in order to learn, you have to learn from other people, or get sources of information from other people. Um, And so they're actually they're very social, right, that makes sense that they'd want to go out and prove themselves to the masses, because that's that flows into that idea of the pursuit of knowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that stereotype that you're referring to comes about when someone oftentimes has gone a little, you know, where they've fixated on one specific thing, and they've locked themselves away to figure out this single secret, and typically maybe at the end of their career, or perhaps they're searching for the key to lichdom because everyone else is quitters and I'm gonna find you know, immortality, you know? Uh, so there's that element too, but I think you're right. On, on balance, I think most wizards are gonna be out and interacting in the world uh, for a variety of, of common reasons.
1: If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out The Critical Dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday, or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up The Compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.